Eastern religions. What do they teach? And why have they become so popular in the West? Welcome to Evidence and Answers with Dr. Pat Zucharin. Pat Zucharin is an author, speaker, and Christian apologist who speaks all over the world presenting the good news of Jesus Christ. Today, he'll evaluate Eastern religions. You'll hear Pat today before a live audience at a conference in Hawaii on many topics, including Mormonism, Islam, and the Word of Faith movement. Go to evidenceandanswers.org for all of these resources and a lot more. So be sure and check out the host of resources at evidenceandanswers.org. Let's go now before a live audience with Pat Zucharin for part one of Eastern Religions. I grew up in a Japanese family. I was raised in the Japanese Buddhist tradition. And I remember when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, uh, I was attending, you know, my uncles or my grandfathers or my friends' uh, funerals, and of course, their Buddhist funerals. And I remember talking afterwards to some of the Christians the next day, and I said, well, it's okay, they're in heaven, you know, I guess it's all right. And they were kind of like, uh, well, you know. And eventually I learned the only way to eternal life is through Jesus Christ. And so I developed quite a burden to learn how to share my faith with friends and family in the Buddhist tradition and those in the Eastern religions. And wherever I go throughout Asia, one of the things I love doing is going to the Buddhist temples. You know, like in Tokyo, where it's really crowded and it's hard to find somewhere quiet to meditate on the scriptures. You know, I'm always at the Buddhist temples over there meditating on the biblical scriptures. You know, so I've always had a burden to learn how to share Christ with not only Buddhists, but those in the Eastern religions. And it doesn't take much if you look around you to realize that the Eastern religions are growing quite rapidly here in the United States. You know, with modernism, humanism, I mean, it just offers a dark and dismal future, right? What's the future that you have if you're an atheist? Extinction. One day you're going to be extinct. Not dead, extinct. One day mankind is going to be extinct as the universe continues to expand and run out of energy. The universe is going to die. I mean, the only thing we have to look forward to is extinction. What a dark and dreary future to look forward to. Therefore, many are looking to the East and the Eastern religions, looking for some kind of hope, and it is growing in the United States. You know, Buddhism is one of the fastest growing religions in the United States. It's the fourth largest, and in the Western United States, most of the converts are Caucasian. They're not of Asian descent, they're Caucasian. And uh, so, 40 and under, you know, many of those coming into Buddhism are Caucasian Americans. I had a project when I was doing my doctoral work at Southern Evangelical, and, and one of our projects was to develop an apologetic system to witness to those of a particular faith. So I picked Soka Gakkai Buddhism there in Dallas. And so I went down to meet with them, to learn and then enter into dialogue with them. Well, they heard that day. They said, hey, a Christian is coming and he wants to learn about Buddhism. So I went down there and I met with the head guy and his protégés. And guess what? All Caucasian Americans. There's a dozen of them sitting around. I'm the only Asian guy sitting there and we're discussing. <laughs> So when the rest of the congregation came in, they thought I was the Buddhist and I was teaching the Christians, you know, it was the other way around. So just because you meet someone and, you know, he's not of Asian descent doesn't necessarily mean, you know, he's a theist or an atheist. He very well could be someone of adhering to the Eastern religions. Well, how do we effectively share Christ with those of another religion? Well, our first step is to develop a basic understanding of their worldview. It all begins with worldview. When you're beginning to dialogue with someone who is not a believer in Christ, he's a different religion, 
Where do you want to start? Okay, you want to start at the level of worldview. Briefly, what is a worldview? It is a commitment of both heart and mind to a set of beliefs that we assume to be true. Our worldview shapes our view of reality. It's how we interpret the world around us and how we make decisions in daily life. And everyone has a worldview. Whether you can explain it or not, everyone has a worldview. Here's an easy way to remember or symbolize what we mean by worldview. A worldview is likened to a pair of glasses. When you think worldview, think glasses. A worldview is like a pair of glasses you put on, and it's through the glasses that you interpret and see reality and make decisions in daily life. Hey, now, those of us who wear glasses, it's important you have the right prescription. Because if you've got the wrong prescription, you've got a distorted view of reality, and it affects your decisions. A hey, worldview is like a pair of glasses. Now, how do you know what kind of glasses he's wearing? How do you identify someone's worldview? Basically, what they believe. Very simple. You ask the eight what questions. Okay, the eight what questions. Did he create the universe or is he the universe? What is the nature of God? Number two, what explains the origin and existence of the universe? Why is the universe here? How did it start? Is it an accident? Is it eternal? What is the nature of the universe? Number three, what is the nature of man? Is he an evolved animal? Is he an accident? What is the nature of man? Is he sinful? Is he good by nature? Number four, what is mankind's problem? problem of evil and suffering. What, what is mankind's problem? Next, what is the solution to mankind's problem or salvation? How does man attain salvation? What happens after death? What happens after death? Extinction? Six feet under and that's it? Or is there some immaterial essence of man that survives the death of the body? What is truth? How do you determine truth? And finally, what is the meaning of history? Why are we here? Is history going anywhere? Or is it just an endless repeating cycle? Or is it moving in a definite direction? Now, you ask anyone from a different religion just these eight basic questions, and you can figure out what their worldview is and what their basic beliefs are. And that'll give you a good general understanding of what they believe. Often, we Christians, we want to go right into the gospel, right? We meet a Buddhist, we meet a Hindu, we go right into the gospel, we share Christ, and we say, you want to receive Christ? And they go, sure, I'll receive Christ. And they pray to receive Christ. And what have they done? They said, oh, I'll take Jesus too. Oh, Krishna too. Yeah, and uh, whoever else too, I'll take him too. You know, that's how a Buddhist or someone from the Eastern religion think. And we go right into the gospel. And we don't realize we got to first start at their worldview. Or you run into an atheist and say, well, I tell you what, Jesus died and rose again from the dead. And the atheist automatically thinks what? You're nuts. Miracles can't happen. The universe is all that ever was, is, and ever will be. Science explains all. Miracles can't happen. He'll write you right off. He won't take your message seriously. So we start at the level of worldviews. So often, as you enter into dialogue, the best thing to do is just ask these eight questions. And uh, then you get a basic understanding of where they're coming from. Now, we're going to make it real easy. There's just three basic worldviews upon which all philosophies and religions are built. Three. First one is theism. Theism, God made all. There's easy way to remember it. Second is naturalism. No God at all. And Carl Sagan sums it up the best. Uh, universe is all that ever was, is, and ever will be. And third, pantheism. God is all. God is the universe, and the universe is God. 
God is not a person. He's an impersonal force made up of all things in the universe. Three simple ways to remember the three major worldviews. And every philosophy, every religion is built upon one of these worldviews. Name a religion. It's built on one of these worldviews. Now, the Eastern religions are built on the worldview of pantheism. So if we want to get a general understanding of the New Age, of Buddhism, of Hinduism, Taoism, we've got to understand a little bit of the basic teachings of pantheism. You understand pantheism, you're going to get a good basic understanding of the Eastern religions. And then hopefully, I'll have time to share with you how you can effectively begin to share Christ with those from the Eastern religions. Okay, so the Eastern religions, they're built upon the worldview of pantheism. What is pantheism? Very simply, pan from the Greek means all. Theism means God. Pantheism teaches that God is the universe and the universe is God. They're in a codependent relationship. Everything in the universe makes up a part of God. God is not a person. He's an impersonal force made up of all things in the universe. Now, when you think of pantheism... Here's a real easy way to remember pantheism. Think about the movie Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars. That is a great movie that gives you a general understanding of the teachings of pantheism. And as you know, George Lucas is a Buddhist. Okay? And Star Wars, that whole series, represents his personal spiritual journey. So if you're watching Star Wars, you should see themes of pantheism all over the place in there. And we'll show you a few clips from there that illustrate the pantheistic worldview that is embraced throughout that movie. Now, the doctrine of God. What is the nature of God? God is an impersonal force. God is not a person, not a he or she. God is a it. It's an impersonal force made up of all things in the universe. And God is the universe, and the universe is God. In Hinduism, okay, this impersonal force, the one, is called Brahma. In the folk religions in Africa and here in Hawaii, that impersonal force is called mana. In the Asian languages, in the Asian countries, it's called the chi force or the ki force. Right? Those of you that take yoga, or well, hopefully no, none of you are embraced in yoga. If you've ever been exposed to yoga, what's the whole point of yoga? It's that the chi force circulates throughout your body through these key points called meridians. And when it's not flowing properly, that's why you get sick. Right? And you get all these ailments. So yoga is designed to move your body in a way so it restores the proper flow of the chi. Uh, acupuncture, right? It's designed to what? Puncture at the key meridian points in your body so the bad chi goes out and the good chi can come in. And those of you in the martial arts, any of you in the martial arts? Oh, peaceful, peaceful crowd here. All right, in the martial arts, right, the chi force is centered right here in the navel area. And if you can master uh, the chi force, right, or the ki, you can strike with extreme, uh, with a lot more power and force. And in fact, in mystical kinds of martial arts, right, if you master the chi force, you can strike an opponent down without even touching them, you know, right across the parking lot, strike them down, okay? I uh, am a black belt in the martial arts. I studied under a Buddhist, so... If I see anyone leaving the seminar, I'll strike you down. <laughs> I'll catch you sleeping, I'll strike you down. All right, so God is, this, when they talk about God or the one, it's the impersonal force made up of all things in the universe. And God is not a he or she, God is an it. Here we go. Perfect clip from Star Wars, the force. 
Okay, here in Star Wars. Here, Luke is doing his training, if you remember this story, and he begins to learn about this mystical force here from Master Yoda. Master Jedi is one who can enlighten his consciousness to use the power of the Force to do some powerful things. Okay? Classic, great illustration there of the pantheistic worldview of God, the Force. And God is not a person, just an impersonal force made up of all things throughout the universe. Obi-Wan Kenobi said to Luke, the Force, the Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It is an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us. It binds the entire galaxy together. Next, the nature of the universe. It's monism. In other words, all is one. Okay? We're all connected into one. And an important principle here to remember, since the God is the universe and the universe is God, the universe is eternal. Okay? The universe is eternal. Next, what is the nature of man? Well, you'll hear this phrase in the New Age, and it comes from Hinduism. Atman is Brahman. Okay? The essence of man is Brahman, is divine. The energy that flows throughout the universe flows through each one of us. Okay? Our essence is divine. Okay? Man must therefore awaken and discover his true identity. See, at birth, you forget this. You forget that you are divine. And so you need to be enlightened, to remind yourself of your true nature, that you are one with the universe. In essence, you are divine. Since you are divine, okay, you're not sinful. Okay? Man is not sinful by nature. He's basically good by nature. He's just unenlightened or ignorant. That is man's problem. Basically, he is ignorant. Now, some of you sit there and say, no, no one could believe this. Come on. Let me show you a clip here by Shirley MacLaine. She is the spokesman for the New Age here in the West. And this is how she came to enlightenment, the discovery that she is, in essence, divine. It's from her biography here, Out on a Limb. Exercise. Here's what you do. Just stand up, hold your arms out like this, and say the kingdom of heaven is within 
I love myself. The kingdom of heaven is within. I love myself. No way, better than that. Say, uh... Say, I and God are one. No, wait, 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 better than that. I got the best one. This is the best one. Just say, I am God. David, I can't say that. See how little you think of yourself? You can't even say the words? I am God. I am God. A little louder, please, with maybe a little more conviction. I am God. I am... Look, if I'm God, what does that make you? Well, we always see in others what we see in ourselves. I am God. I am God. I am God. I am God. I am I God. God. I am 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 All right, that's the moment when she became enlightened to discover her true identity and that she is God or she is in her essence divine. Deepak Chopra, he is the spiritual guru to the Hollywood stars now. You may see his books on the bestseller list there at Barnes and Nobles, and you'll often see him interviewed on Larry King and uh, uh, other shows. He's kind of the spiritual guru to the Hollywood stars. He says this, your body is not separate from the body of the universe because at quantum mechanical levels, there are no well-defined edges. You are like a wiggle, a wave, a fluctuation, a convolution, a whirlpool, a localized disturbance in the larger quantum field. The larger quantum field, the universe, is your extended body. And you see, the powers of the universe that flow through the universe flow through you. If you can master them, if you can attain the consciousness where you can master the force, you can heal yourself, you can uh, defy aging, okay? you can do a lot of powerful things. He goes on to say, in reality, we are divinity in disguise, and the gods and goddesses in embryo that are contained within us seek to be fully materialized. True success is therefore the experience of the miraculous. It is the unfolding of the divinity within us. So the nature of man, he's basically divine. He's one with the one, or the force, or uh, whatever label they put on it. What is man's problem? Ignorance. Somehow at birth, we forget our true nature and we must be enlightened and awakened to who we really are. Well, what is the solution? How does salvation come about in the Eastern religions? Well, two laws you've got to remember that are prevalent throughout all, whatever Eastern religion you are studying. First, it's the law of samsara, or the law of reincarnation or rebirth. You're in an endless cycle of reincarnation. And this may go on for millions of years, eons and eons, until you finally break that cycle of reincarnation and you become absorbed into the one. In Buddhism, you're in an endless cycle of reincarnation, right? Until you enter into nirvana. Nirvana means what? The blowing out of existence. Until you enter into the nothingness. And you no longer exist. You cease to exist. And so the goal in Buddhism, and the goal of your existence is to one day cease to exist. In 
Hinduism and in the New Age, it's to be absorbed into the One, being absorbed into the One. And the law of karma, okay? the law of cause and effect. What you are in the next reincarnation depends on whether you develop good karma or bad karma in this life, in this present life. Okay? So if you live a bad life, okay, if you steal and cheat and do whatever, you may return in a lower life form, a dog, you know, a cat. Uh, one of the, if you have a lot of good karma, you know, hopefully you'll come back in a higher life form and then eventually into spiritual beings and in some religious systems in other universes and other cosmos until you finally end the cycle of reincarnation and become absorbed into the one. In Japanese Buddhism, most of the temples you see in Hawaii are pure land Buddhists. Okay? Pure land Buddhism, uh, after death, you know, if you call upon the Amida Buddha, you know, he or she will extend their good karma unto you and you can enter into the pure land and from the pure land right you continue on into nirvana right salvation comes through attaining enlightenment and there are many ways to attain enlightenment uh, some through meditation like zen buddhism right? you meditate on the koan okay, or riddle until one attains enlightenment or satori right through meditation through yoga maharishi mahesh yogi Say you attain enlightenment by chanting Om. Right? Many ways to enlightenment. Many ways of attaining oneness with the divine. And when one does that, one breaks the cycle of reincarnation and eventually is absorbed into the one. It's like this. Here's a story you might often hear. A drop of water lands in the mountain and must find its way okay, all the way to the ocean. And when it does, it becomes absorbed into the big ocean. So we are all like a drop of water and we must find our way to union, to be absorbed into the one. So you're in an endless cycle of reincarnation. Now in Christianity, salvation comes okay, by looking to God, receiving the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. Okay? But in the Eastern religion, salvation comes from looking within, okay? awakening the true self, okay? the divine within you. Now also, in your salvation process, there are many gods or avatars, spiritual masters, or holy men who are believed to aid mankind in their journey to enlightenment. There are some who have delayed their absorption into the one. There are some who have delayed their entrance into nirvana and are spiritual beings whom we can call upon to aid us in our journey to enlightenment, to break the cycle of reincarnation and become one with the divine. Here, if you remember this story, Darth Vader, before he becomes Darth Vader, he's Anakin Skywalker. And he's having nightmares about his wife dying. So he's being troubled by this. And so he seeks counsel with Master Yoda. And he tells Master Yoda that he's having visions of someone close to him dying. All right, now let's hear what Master Yoda's counsel is to the young Jedi. Premonitions? Premonitions? Hmm. These visions you have. They're of pain, suffering, death. Yourself you speak of? Or someone you know? Someone. Close to you? Yes. 
Careful you must be when sensing the future, Anakin. The fear of loss is a path to the dark side. I won't let these visions come true, Master Yoda. Death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the Force. Mourn them do not. Miss them do not. Attachment leads to jealousy. The shadow of greed, that is. What must I do, Master Yoda? Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. All right, you hear a themes of pantheism there? Comes to Master Yoda, and Master Yoda says, Grieve not for those who go on to become one with the Force. What's that talking about? Well, absorption into the one. And he says what? Be afraid of being attached to anything or anyone. Attachment leads to the dark side. This world is an illusion. And the way to rid yourself of the cycle of reincarnation in Buddhism is to eliminate all desire, any attachment to this world. Well, we are out of time, but we're going to pick it up there next time as Pat Zucran continues discussing Eastern religions. We want to thank you so much for joining us for Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. It's our hope to keep a quality program on the air and on the web that presents an intelligent response to the issues of our day and demonstrates the truth of the claims of Christ. If you agree, please support us with your prayers and gifts. One of the ways you can do that is by purchasing our resources available at evidenceandanswers.org. You can download past shows on everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, read Pat's articles, and purchase Pat's new book with Dr. Norman Geisler, The Apologetics of Jesus. Just go to evidenceandanswers.org. That's evidenceandanswers.org. I'm Kevin Harris. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on 